for a few moments with the help of the good Lord and the aid of the Holy Spirit. I want to speak from the subject, the author of our salvation. The author of our salvation. Thank you, ushers. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 and Hebrews 12, uh, chapter 12 verse 2 uh, very very central themes uh, as we deal with this and I would give you uh, something I was sharing with my daughter on yesterday she asked if I was going to say it today I didn't think I was going to say it and then I got up here and the Lord told me to tell it to you so I'm going to tell it to you the word author is only found three times in the Bible in the King James Version. It's interesting that uh, the Bible only uses that word three times and I have given it to you twice. The only other time it is used is when Jesus says he's not the author of confusion. Are y'all praying with me today? I'm just trying to help somebody and here to, a, to understand the significance of authors. And he is the author of our salvation. And we're going to look at this uh, today, my brothers and sisters, uh, to help us really understand how important an author really is. In this text, my brothers and sisters, in chapter number five of Hebrews, uh, the writer is discussing about the high priest and he was talking about Jesus' position as the high priest and was talking about the order, even talking about the first one, Melchizedek. But it was saying that, uh, that, that Christ uh, was the high priest. And so as he began to explain this to them, he, he lets them know that um, in this, that Christ being made perfect became the author of eternal salvation to all those that obeyed him. And there's four important and vital things said about salvation in this one little text. First of all, it talks about the competency of salvation. Being perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Now, the word perfect does not mean perfection, but refers to the consummation of the work of Christ, which qualified him to be the great high priest of our salvation. Christ was qualified to be our high priest or our savior. The qualification was consummated in the death and resurrection of Christ. So in order for him to be the author, he had to be qualified. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, when we're looking at this situation, we gotta make sure that people have the right qualifications in order to get the right title, amen? And so in order for him to be the author of our salvation, he had to be competent in order to be the author. But then, not only do we see the competence for salvation, but we see the Christ in salvation. It says he became the author of eternal 
salvation. Salvation is all in Jesus Christ. It is in no other. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, it says, Other foundations can no man lay that, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week. To bring this to your remembrance, if you wasn't here on last week, just go uh, to YouTube and watch the video. It's there for you. Acts 4.12 says, uh, it says it this way, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given under men among men whereby we must be saved. So that lets us know that Christ is the reason for salvation. So we see that salvation is in Christ. So we got competency. We have Christ. But then we see the character of salvation, eternal salvation. Salvation is not temporary. When we think about it, when, you, when, when, when you're saved, when you receive salvation from God, that's the thing that I love about this is that salvation from God is eternal. And that's why uh, we always urge people to get saved, to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, because the Bible says that you are sealed until the day of redemption. Amen. And that lets us know that once you're, sa you're saved, you possess a divine gift that will never cease to be. Amen. This is the only kind of salvation that is worthy of anything. Temporary salvation, a salvation you could have then lose is not salvation that's appealing. You see, some people can save you from drowning. Let me help somebody in here. Can, can, can I make it plain for you? See, somebody can save you from drowning, but you can jump in the river and drown again. Somebody can save you from a burning house, but you can go into another house and that one can catch on fire and you can get burned up in that house. Uh, somebody can, can, can get you out of a bad accident. And, and you know what? A, a week later you can get in another one and die. But eternal salvation says that once I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, it does not matter what happens. I'm saved. I'm sealed. And can't nobody break the seal but Jesus the Christ. Amen. And so that's why uh, salvation, he give, he's the author of eternal salvation. This life that we live is just temporary because we're, we were born and then one day we got to die. But eternity is forever. And so we see that there's the character of salvation. But then the converts, let's talk about the converts. He says... Uh, not only uh, does he become the author of eternal salvation, but unto all them that what? Obey him. The reference to obedience is not speaking of good deeds. See, you can be a good person and still go to hell. You can be the nicest person in the world and still not be saved. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, the, in the New Testament, obedience is often used as a synonym for belief, as in obeying truth. But, but in uh, Romans 10, 16, it says they have not all but obeyed the gospel. To be a convert 
requires faith in Jesus Christ. You have to have faith in Christ. Uh, and Bible teaches now faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so you got to have faith. You got to believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And you got to accept him as the son of God. You got to accept him as the savior of the world. If you don't believe that he was born of the virgin and that he is God incarnated in the flesh and that he lived a sinless life, that he died for your sins, he rose on the third day, then guess what? You're not saved. That's the Bible. That's just the Bible. And so, so that's, that's, that's just how it works. But then when we look at Hebrews 12, can I help somebody in here real quick? That's the pattern. What is the pattern for this consecration as we talk about this author for our, of our salvation? The pattern of consecration, first of all, he says, looking unto Jesus, Christ. Christ is our model, our pattern for running our race of life. Everybody knows that we've all been given a race that we got to run. Athletes often look to star athletes as models for their performers. And so uh, when an athlete uh, uh, finds somebody that they want to model their game after, they try to find someone, they say, you know, um, I'm going to mimic this person and I'm going to try to be this type of football player or I'm going to try to be this type of basketball player, this type of baseball player, soccer or hockey, whatever profession it is, they try to find a, a legendary person and try to take something from his or her game and mimic that uh, because they're looking at someone to pattern their lives after. Well, believers should look to Christ. Some things about Christ are listed here which makes him an excellent pattern to follow. There are three things I want to bring to your attention, and then I got to take off on this jet this morning. Um, and, and three things that I see. Number one, the preeminence in the pattern. It says that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus Christ is the chief leader, meaning the meaning of author of our faith through him. Faith is perfected. Uh, and that means Jesus is the best example of faith. No one walked the life of faith better than he. He certainly is the pattern we should follow. So when it says that he is the author of our faith, that means he is the chief leader. And when he is the finisher, uh, that means that he, he perfected it. He showed us exactly how we should live. So that's the, that's the preeminence of the pattern. And if I want to know how to walk a life of faith, if I want to know how to live a life of faith, I don't have to try to figure it out by myself. God gave us an example that we could follow. I remember growing up, my brothers and sisters, matter of fact, I'm going back to my kindergarten days. Can, can I go back a little bit? Uh, my kindergarten days. I remember in kindergarten because you hadn't developed uh, too many cognitive skills yet. So what they would do when they were trying to teach you how to draw, they would put dots 
on the paper. Y'all going to get with me in a second. And all you had to do to make a beautiful picture is connect. Are y'all praying with me up in here? And if you connect the dots, the picture is already formed. All you had to do is draw one line to the next dot and another line to the next dot and another line to the next dot because the author or the, 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 uh, the, the developer had already created the picture. They already know what the picture was going to look like by the time you finish it. And I'm just trying to tell somebody that God already knows what your life is going to look like at the finish line. He already got the canvas laid out. And all he wants you to do is just connect the dots. All he wants you to do is go from one line to the next line, from one dot to the next dot. And see, some people get upset when things happen in their life. But God is just saying, you got to get to the next dot. And when you get to that dot, he gives you what you need so you can get to the next dot. And when you get to that dot, he says, okay, now it's time for you to go to the next dot. You don't see the picture yet, but God says, I already know how it's going to work out because I'm the author and I'm the finisher. So, 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 I, I just had to hopefully make it plain for somebody to understand that I never knew how to draw. My daughter, she knows how to draw. I don't have that, that mindset. So you got to put some dots on some paper if you want me to draw anything. And I, I'll connect the dots. Are y'all praying with me up, up in here? But, but, but I'm so glad that Jesus, he didn't want us to have to figure everything out. He just say, take it one day at a time. That's the preeminence in the pattern. But then look at the perspective in the pattern. Oh, I start feeling my help coming on now. I'm feeling real good right here. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the same. Uh, uh, one of the... One of the, the the, the commentators that I read, his name is worse. He says the word for should be translated instead, which says Christ gave up the joys of heaven to endure the cross and the shame that went with it. He scorned the shame. It did not deter him from the cross. In other words, what he said, he, he left his heavenly home came down to a despicable world in order that we might be able to experience the joy that we know that he knows waits for us in heaven. Y'all didn't catch it. Let me see. Let me say it again. If 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 we be truthful and, and I watched the other day uh, as we drove into Louisville soon as we got off the ramp my wife started shaking her head. Why did she shake her head, Sister Bless her? Because she seen a whole bunch of homeless people. They were on the side of the street, and they had, some had tents, and some had quilts, and some just had blankets, and they were all just on the side of the road, just, just staying there, and that was their home. I'm about to make it plain. 
And so it's what, what Jesus did. It was like you and I leaving from our nice, comfortable home where we got everything that we need. We got running water. We got heat. We got air. We got, we got uh, nice beds to sleep in. We got food on our table. We got clothes that we can change any time today. We got multiple stuff. Get rid of all of that and go trade places with them. Y'all ain't going to shout on that one right there. But, but that, that's what Jesus did, essentially, is that he left his heavenly places where he had everything and came to a horrible situation just so he can say, even though you're in this wicked world, even though you're going through what you're going through, there is a mansion waiting for you. There is a place of rest. There is a place of serene. There is a place of security. I want you to know that trouble don't last always. And every now and then, my brothers and sisters, I want you to do something. That's why I say that this one was going to challenge you. This one was going to change you. And this one was going to convict you. Every now and then, the next time you see a homeless person, even if you can't do it yourself, just let them know, hey, I want to let you know something that, that this won't be like this always. Because one of these old days, your situation will change. Whether it change on this side or a change on the other side, just let them know that their change is coming. You know, one of the most powerful things we can do is encourage people. The, the power of encouragement. You don't know what somebody's getting ready to do. You don't know who's getting ready to say, you know what? I can't go another step. I'm throwing in the tower today. But God sends you in right on time to say, hey, I don't know why, but something just made me pass your way. Something made me send you a text today. Something made me call you today. Has anybody just called you when you was at your lowest, just all out of the blue, or sent you a text? or sent you a reminder, sent you some old photo just to pick you up, and you don't even know why they did that. You weren't even thinking about them, and all of a sudden, some old person just, just sent you something. That's God sending an angel to you to let you know, don't you throw in the towel yet. I ain't finished with you. He is the author of our salvation. That's the perspective. That's the perspective, but then there is a position. Look at this position. It says, it's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's set down means his work is finished regarding the cross and the gospel. Do y'all remember John 19 and 30? Before he gave up the ghost, he said three words, it is finished. Uh, when he says it is finished, it is finished. And setting at the right thing, uh, right hand of the throne of God is a place of honor. He's sitting in the position of honor. Why? Because he finished what God set for him to do. 
He is the author and finisher of our salvation. I got to celebrate now. He is the author and finisher of our salvation. And that's why I can rejoice today, Sister Trish, because there is uh, no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. As I read through all the books and all that we can find in the libraries, there's no author like Jesus the Christ. Do I have a witness? Jesus Christ, indeed, the author of our salvation. We don't know why. Brother Charlie, because he considered it. He designed it. He initiated it. He perfected it. He provided it. He accomplished it. He finalized it. And then he validated it when he rose from the dead. There have, many, have been many authors who have recorded the world's history. Been many authors who produced volumes of literature. Been authors who written numerous declarations and penned ageless biographies. There have been authors who documented scientific researches. There, there have been authors who detail important events. And there have been authors who have publicized works of renown. But there's only one to whom eternal salvation can be ascribed. And that is none other than Jesus Christ. Without question, he was certainly qualified to be the author of our salvation. The reason why, Sister Isabel, he is the author of our salvation, because no corrupt communication ever came out of his mouth. No jealousy ever glared forth from his eyes, and no wickedness ever defiled his hand. No dishonesty ever entered his thoughts. No selfishness ever controlled his action. No immorality, uh, immorality ever disgraced his body, and no sin ever contaminated his life. He is the author of our salvation. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, uh, as we get to our cruising altitude this morning, uh, I believe that Jesus the Christ is the author of our salvation because nobody else uh, could have accomplished uh, what he accomplished. Uh, am I right about it? Uh, nobody could have fulfilled the scriptures. Uh, as he fulfilled them. Nobody could have carried the load that he carried. And nobody could solve the problems that he solved. Nobody could have finished what he finished. And nobody paid the price that he paid. Nobody could have satisfied the Father as he did. Am I right about it? To qualify as an efficient an accurate author of something. Can I tell you what you need to have? You gotta have a complete knowledge and understanding of your subject. Am I right about it? To be an author, you gotta know about the situation at hand. And Jesus, any 
anybody know about the name Jesus? Uh, Jesus, uh, he thoroughly understood uh, the righteousness of God. Uh, he understood uh, the deceitfulness of Satan. Uh, he understood uh, the dreadfulness of sin. Uh, he understood uh, the awfulness of hell. Uh, he understood uh, the waywardness of souls. Uh, and he understood uh, the weakness of humanity. But he also understood the vastness of eternity. And only Jesus knew what was at stake. Because he said, I know they can't pay the price. I know that sin will always get them. But because I still love them, I'm going to leave my heavenly home just to give them a better chance. He also understood the results of godlessness. He understood the sentence of death. He understood the requirements of God. He understood the need of mankind. He understood the scope of atonement. He understood the purpose of redemption. He understood the benefits of salvation. Is there anybody in here that can testify that you're glad that you're saved? If you're not glad, I'm sure enough glad that I am saved because if somebody else would have endeavored to create or establish a plan of salvation, no matter how intelligent they were, they would have failed. No matter how created they were, they would have failed. No matter how confident they were, they would have failed. No matter how determined they were, they would have failed. No matter how efficient they were, they would have failed. No matter how sincere they were, they would have failed. No matter how religious they were, they still would have failed. Only Jesus could have authored a true plan of salvation. Nobody but Jesus could author a divine plan of salvation. And why? Somebody asked me why. Well, I'm glad you asked me. Let me tell you why. Because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was born of a virgin. He had pure and uncontaminated blood. He had power over sickness and disease. He could totally resist the devil's temptation. He rose from the dead, never to die again. He alone ascended to the Father to be your intercessor and be my intercessor. Aren't you glad that you got an author by the name of Jesus? I'm so glad that I got Jesus. Do you have Jesus? Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, I got him, I got him.
when my body is wrecking with pain, I still got Jesus. When my family is up against it, I still got Jesus. When nobody want to hear me out, I still got Jesus. When I got trouble on my job, I still got Jesus. When I got trouble at the school, I still got Jesus. When I got trouble in my home, I still got, I still got Jesus. When I got trouble all over my body, I still got Jesus. And as long, as long, as long, I heard a songwriter say, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody. I wish I had two people. I'll make three. Y'all looking at me funny. Can I get a tight shot and let somebody know you're looking at me like this? Because I don't look like what I've been through. Is there anybody out there can testify? If you knew what I've been through, you would shout for me. You would praise God for me. After all the hell, after all the high water, he 